we're starting a new teaching series uh, that I'm really, really excited about over the next few weeks uh, called Adopted. And I was telling a few of my friends about it a few weeks ago, um, just how eager that we have been. Uh, this was actually something that, uh, that the staff months ago said in 2019, we want to carve out a few weeks to just talk about this. And so I started to tell some of our friends about it, and, and they asked, they said, so is this going to be like three weeks of you just trying to guilt us into adopting more kids? And I said, yes, that's exactly what it is. And uh, not really, um, because I've, I've actually believe this series is just as much about you as it is about kids that need to be adopted. Um, because the Bible has an awful lot to say about adoption, and I don't think we talk about it enough. And when I'm talking about adoption, I'm not just talking about physical adoption of kids, but a spiritual adoption. Um, but some of you in this room were adopted. Some of you in this room are a part of a family that, uh, that took you in even though you weren't physically born into that family. But that is your family. Some of you have adopted um, or fostered kids, and it's something that you're very passionate about. And this to topic, like, you might get so emotional because you know somebody, maybe it was you whose life was changed because another family came beside you and took you in. Uh, some of you have adopted pets. I know in Austin, the weird city I moved from, they had the Austin guinea pig rescue, which was a real thing, <laughs> and it showed me that some people have a lot of time on their hands. Uh, so some of you have adopted dogs and, and all types of stuff. Like, like, there's all different layers of adoption, but, but to me, um, this is going to be a really exciting time for us as a church family. Uh, you know, Grace Church has been around for 13 years, but this location is new, and in a lot of ways, we're still kind of creating our culture of who we are, and to us, right off the bat, we wanted you to hear that this, we want this to be the heartbeat of who Grace Church is, is the kind of church that comes alongside those that are disadvantaged and helps them. Um, I want to give you just a quick glimpse at where we're going over the next few weeks. Um, like the verse that, that we want to keep going back to is James 1.27. I'm just going to read it. A religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We believe that God has given us the responsibility to the most disadvantaged living among us, and, and that we're not supposed to discriminate based on who we like more or don't like, that as the church, we have a responsibility to care for the people around us, especially those who are disadvantaged and can't care for themselves. Uh, last week, um, I was walking out uh, down like a set of stairs and I slipped on some ice and uh, and like landed on a wooden stair um, and like it, it hurt by the way um, and <laughs> it, it was it was really really painful and uh, I'm really stubborn and I hate I don't hate doctors but I get nervous about hospital bills and stuff um, and then I moved to Massachusetts which has mass health and it's amazing uh, so I go to the doctor all the time just because I'm bored uh, and uh, not really, but uh, as we were driving to, uh, to like we were, we were driving home and uh, I was in great pain and I never thought at 31 years old I'd have tremendous back pain, but this is my life now. So this is it. This is the end. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I didn't, I, I've been here a year and a half and uh, other parts of the country don't have as good a health care as here. Um, and we qualify for mass health because I'm a poor pastor and, uh, and, uh, I didn't know how that worked, 
um, because I've had insurance in the past, but even when you have insurance, they're like, okay, well, you were here for five minutes, so that's $11,000 after insurance, and I didn't want to have to do that. So I called up MassHealth, and I said, okay, I'm dying, and I need to know where I can go um, that I, like, where, where is covered with MassHealth? And the lady paused for a minute, and she typed some things. She probably didn't type anything, but it sounded like it. And, uh, and she goes, okay, you can go to any hospital in America. I was like, okay, that was my parameter, was somewhere in America was where I was hoping to go. So, uh, and I was like, so wait, do, do what, will I get a bill? And she goes, no, you're covered. I was like, this seems like a pyramid scheme or something too good to be true. Like, I'm going to get something, and I'm, we're going to, our finances are going to be shot. And so we went, we didn't, I didn't know a hospital to go to. So be, the only one we knew was where my daughter was born, South Shore Hospital. And I'm sure there were closer ones, but I was like, let's just go there because our daughter was born there and she's still alive. So they did a good job. And <laughs> So we went to South Shore Hospital on a Friday night, last Friday night, and, uh, and we walked in, and there's, like, just pain, painful, like, sick people everywhere, you know? And it's, like, some people are there because they've got, like, the stomach bug, and some people have, like, they broke their foot, and somebody has, like, the bubonic plague. I mean, like, everything's going on there. And, like, they take care of everyone, and, like, they don't know who we are. But like I come in and, and I tell them that I slipped on ice and this nurse who I've never met was really nice and she put me in a wheelchair and, uh, and they took me to this room where this doctor I'd never seen in my life came and took care of me and like the whole process was a hospital that has no idea who we are that, that really owe us nothing. Like I've never done anything for them but they took care of us because that's their responsibility and that's the church's responsibility in the life of the people around us too is whoever comes, whether they ever walk inside these church doors or not, we, as the church, are responsible for taking care of the people around us, especially those who can't take care of themselves. I couldn't heal myself, but I could go to somebody who could help me. That's the responsibility of the church. Some of us think of this idea and we think, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, trying to take care of myself and my own family. How could I even imagine adding to that the burden of other people around me. And the only way we will do that is if we truly understand what God has already done for us, if that's what compels us. Because then all excuses become completely irrelevant. Um, I want to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 1 that to me is the reminder of why we're doing this series and why we feel so strongly that this is an important responsibility the church is to take. Ephesians 1 verse 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Amen. <laughs> what a beautiful verse. You're not a mistake is what it's saying. You're not a mistake. Like God made you with a purpose and he took the time to think of like what you're going to be really good at and what you're not going to be good at and what your personality was going to be like. And some of you are like, you love people and you're a natural extrovert and some of you are an introvert and you'd prefer to like read and study. It, like God wired you this way. Like you are not a mistake. Before he made the world, he loved us and chose us. Verse five, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing him to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God loves to adopt orphans into his family. 
That's why he created us. That without God, we're spiritually lost. We're like sheep without a shepherd. We may have a physical family, but spiritually, we're orphans. We're not born into a relationship with our spiritual father. We are born as spiritual orphans. Not everyone is a child of God. I think it's important we understand God created all of us, but that doesn't make us children of God. We have to decide to accept God as our father into our lives. Like the adoption papers, God sets before every one of us as spiritual orphans, but we have to sign them. No one is born a child of God. If you haven't personally prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, you're still a spiritual orphan. In fact, that might be why you feel so far from God is maybe you have a lot of religious stuff in your life, but you've never signed the papers. Not the literal papers, but you've never spiritually said, God, I'm lost without you. I'm a broken sinner. I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross through Jesus for me. I want to have a relationship with you. Some of you have have never taken that step before, but your life is filled with religious stuff, and you think that's enough. It's, it's easy to be full of religion and still be a spiritual orphan. God sees the need and the brokenness and, and how desperately lost we are without him, and it compels him to want to help us. It's like if you have a friend that's going through a really hard time, don't you feel more eager to help them then than at other times of the year? Like we had uh, close friends just this past month, uh, Jake and Jen Suhaki, that they had a baby, and a few of the families at Grace Church kind of rallied around and know how exhausting it can be to have a newborn baby at home. They have a toddler as well, and so we all kind of said we would set up like a meal train where people would bring them dinner every other night because we know that something as simple as like making dinner when you've got a newborn is really tough, right? Like some of you remember that, and I don't normally feel an urgency to make sure that my buddy Jake has lasagna at night. But at certain times when I know that, he, that he's got a little bit more on his plate and that he's a little bit more exhausted and he's a little bit more disadvantaged to do something as simple as make dinner, I'm going to step up. And I think that that's what God sees in our lives. When he sees how lost we are without him, he wants to adopt us into his family. It brings him great pleasure and joy for you to enter into his family. The next chapter, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul continues on and it says, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even when we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. Like, that's the one ingredient to salvation, is God's grace. It's not God's grace and then sprinkling a little bit of good works with that, and that makes a really nice salvation pie. It's one ingredient. It's grace. Like, we bring nothing to the table. Like, it's only by God's love that I'm saved. God loved me and adopted me, even when I was a spiritual orphan that could give him nothing in return. I remember the moment when I was 16 years old, and I was on a mission trip like the one we just talked on, and and, and just coming face to face with God and, and recognizing how lost I was without him. And realizing that I, I, I bring nothing to the table. Like God could use my life to do great things, but not because of me, because of him. 
because he could use a scrub like me to do whatever he wants. So his invitation, it's not because I did something great to earn it. It's because he loved me and he wanted to invite me to his, fable, to, to his table, to his family dinner, to sit at the banquet with him, to be a part of his family. Remember when I lived in Houston a few years ago, um, I was a youth pastor and there was, I was friends with um, a very successful lawyer um, who uh, had like law practices all over the country and every year he always had like the, the hugest Christmas party I've ever seen in my life and it was in his backyard and, um, and like he, he, because of all of his hookups, he would always get like celebrities to come and all, all of it was to raise money for charity. And so that year he got Faith Hill and Tim McGraw to come for free, to come and, and play and then they'd raise money and they invited me to it and it wasn't because they're like, oh man, if Steven's there, now the party's really going to the net. Like Tim and Faith are cool, but let's invite the middle school pastor from our church because he takes it to the next level. No, I didn't get the invitation because of that. I got it because they loved me. And even, by the way, the invitation was the coolest invitation I ever got. It was a train set. I know, that's what I said. <laughs> it's a train set that we still put around our Christmas tree and it says, you're invited to the Christmas party. I'm like, yeah, we did it. It's not because we earned it. It's because we were their kid's youth pastor and they felt bad. They're like, we got to invite this guy. He's a scrub. So that's why I was invited to the party. I didn't bring anything there. Like, I didn't, it's not like I brought a bottle of wine. I'm like, all right, now we can really party. They're like, dude, get out of here. Just come and hang out and have fun. Like that's, to me, that's the invitation God gives us is he gives it to you because he loves you. It's not like, okay, you've done enough. You've done enough. Now I give you salvation. Now I offer you to have a relationship. The seed is already there. So imagine God is sitting at the head of a, a beautiful, huge table, and that's his family. And there's an empty seat that is sitting there, and it's waiting for you. And it's not like he finally put the seed out. He's like, okay, okay, now they've done enough. Now the seat. No, the seat was there because he chose you and he loved you before the creation of the world. One-sided. How often do you offer one-sided gifts to people where you expect nothing in return? That's how God loves us. How often do you have relationships or friendships in your life that you know they don't even have the capacity to love you back the same way you love them? Because that's the same kind of love that God gave us. God, in his love, offers this one-sided adoption to us. Ephesians 2.6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. In Christ, you go from being astray to a successor. Like you get to inherit the blessings of your spiritual father. Just like if a relative passed and you're written into their will and you get to inherit the blessings that they've accumulated through, the, through their lives, like you get to inherit the blessings that Jesus gave as a spiritual father. Like, I just want to read that verse again because I think it's easy to become numb to what Paul is saying here. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ Jesus, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. What that means is even though you're still a broken sinner, even though we all fall short, because God loves you and chooses through your repentance to acknowledge Jesus and his sacrifice as an atonement for your sin, he sees you holy like Jesus, even though you're still broken. It does, like, it's, it's completely unfair in a good way. God's grace is unfair. Thank God it's unfair. 
Because if God was fair, I wouldn't deserve salvation. If God was fair, I'd spend eternity apart from him. Thank God he's not, though. That's what Paul's saying. He didn't make you start at level one. Some of us even think of that. It's like, okay, I'm new, and i got to kind of earn. It's like Pokemon. i got to get all the Pokemon, got to move it up. No, you start with all the Pokemon because Jesus already did all. He caught all the Pokemon for you. You start at whatever the high. I've never played Pokemon, so I'm just guessing that's a thing. But I think you start at the high, like level 10 Pokemon or whatever. Like that's where he starts you. But only if you've asked Jesus into your life. Salvation is available to all, but it's not automatic. And it's so important we understand that because I think there's a lot of people that miss that and, and they think that because they know a lot about God that they know God and there's a difference. Because I know a lot about LeBron James, but that dude doesn't know me. I don't have a relationship with him. I love how John puts it in 1 John 3. He says, see how very much our Father loves us for he calls us his children and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world, they don't recognize that we're God's children because they don't know him spiritual orphans. John's not saying this to condemn them or make say they're any worse. It's they just don't know. They just don't understand. And, and maybe you feel far from God. And maybe you're here and you've been checking out Grace Church for a few weeks and this whole idea of God, like, like you're, you're curious, but you wouldn't say you feel like you have a close relationship with him. And maybe that's because you're still a spiritual orphan. The week before we launched here, at uh, BR High School, we had 170 people. The past three weeks, we've averaged 342. I say that because there's a lot of you that are brand new to this thing, and I'm so glad you're here. A lot of you, I still don't know your names, and if, but if we haven't met, I'd love to meet you afterwards in our Connection Center. We have a gift for you. That's the only way that I know you'll talk to me is if I give you free stuff, so we've got free stuff for you. <laughs> there's a lot of people here that are brand new to this God thing, and maybe you come in with, with some misunderstandings of who God is. But just hear that God loves you. He has a seat waiting for you. But you got to say yes. And maybe you feel far from God because you've got all the religious stuff and you've got some knowledge, but you've just never signed the adoption papers. A few uh, months ago, I was invited to a wedding. Uh, pastor Ken from Grace Avon, the pastor there, uh, he and his wife's daughter, Courtney, was having a wedding that we were invited to. And... Uh, kind of at the last minute, our daughters got sick, and we felt really bad saying, hey, babysitter, watch our sick daughters so we can go to this wedding, but if you feel called to watch our sick daughters so we can go on a date, you'll get a bigger mansion in heaven probably, so just consider that. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we stayed home, but, but we RSVP'd yes to the wedding, so like there were, there were two seats that were out for Stephen and Katie Sargent, but they sat empty all night, and people kept like texting us and they're like, hey, are you guys here? We don't see you. We see the seats. And, and, like, and then it got worse because, like, on Facebook, we see, like, people dancing. And they're like, this party is the best wedding ever. And, like, Hazel's, like, puking on my face. And I'm like, this is a contrast from what I thought tonight was going to be. <laughs> the seats were there, but we didn't sit in them. And I think a lot of you, like, God's got a seat just sitting there. Your name's there. And the only thing that's stopping is you. God's already set out the seat. And I plead with you. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, please make this your adoption day. P please let this be the day that your eternity has changed. Because it's the most important decision you'll ever make. I still remember the exact moment for me. In fact, this June marks the halfway mark 
of my life that I, I marked the day on my phone that this June will be exactly the, the halfway of when I started following Jesus and when, like, my post-Christian, like my BC and my after-Jesus. And I'm going to have a party because that's the majority of my life. On June 13th of this year will be the majority of my life I've been following Jesus. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. That's what it all comes down to is will you accept the love that's sitting right before you? There's a seat at the table for you. And here's, here's where the conversation gets more exciting. And this is where we're going to be going even more the next two weeks. Why did God adopt us? He loves us, but it doesn't end there. He has a job for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, man, this is so good. Verse 18, it says, All of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Paul's specifically talking about those who have repented of their sins. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Through who? Through us, through the church. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's why we plead, come back to God. Because you know what God's plan is for bringing Jesus to the world? Us. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> like God believes that much in you. He didn't create this backup plan. He's like, well, they're going to fail, so let me put in this device that's it. No, there's no backup drive. Like, we're the plan. We're the ambassadors. Jesus did this mighty work, and he set all these seats out, and then he says, now it's your job to invite everyone to the banquet. It's your job to let everyone know that the reason that they feel disconnected, the reason they feel broken, the reason they feel hurt, the reason they don't feel like they can overcome this addiction, the reason they feel lost is because they just haven't come to the banquet yet. And maybe they've been walking around the room and they've seen the table, but they haven't actually approached the table. And they've heard about God, but they've never actually sat at the table and joined his family. See, a lot of times people think the church is, is like a feeding center, that we come in, we give you some good, some good stuff, and then you just leave. And then you don't think, it's like math class. You just come in for an hour, then you leave, and then you're done for the week. The church is not a feeding center, it's an adoption agency. That is how Christ established the church that we now get the privilege and the responsibility of helping spiritual orphans find their spiritual father. How beautiful is that? And those of us that have made that decision and have discovered the salvation that comes through Jesus knows what we were rescued from and knows, like, oh my, I don't know how I would get through life without my spiritual father because I'd be an orphan that's just wandering aimlessly. God rescued us into his family. And there's empty seats at God's table that are reserved for your friends for your neighbors, for your family members that are disconnected from God. And right now, they're orphans. And spiritual orphans are lost. And they may be looking at your life to see if this is something they're, they're, they want to do, if this whole faith thing really works. And they may be looking at you as the one example of who Jesus is and scratching their head and thinking, is this worth giving up everything for? What a privilege to be God's ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, he lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, and he overcame death to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right 
with God through Christ. Which means even though we're broken, even though we continue to sin, we can confess our sins, we can repent to God, and because what Jesus did on the cross for you, that was so powerful that even though it took place thousands of years ago, everybody in this room can lean on that sacrifice and say, God, I'm broken, I fall short, but will you take that sacrifice on behalf of my sins so I can be made right with you? That's how powerful it is. That's why thousands of years later, thousands of churches all over the country on Sundays gather and talk about this Jesus guy because that act changed mankind. Have you been adopted into God's family? Because we can't really go beyond, if you haven't, it's hard to talk about how you can help others find adoption. It starts there. And again, I, I plead with you if you haven't, what's stopping you? Like, like, push it aside because there's nothing more important than knowing your spiritual father and knowing that God created you so that you wouldn't be an orphan wandering alone, a slave to your sin. God, is something so much better. This past week, the highlight of my week was getting a text from my buddy Mike. He's a college student in Bridgewater. And he'd been coming to church for a long time. And uh, we were talking about something else, but he goes, hey, did you hear the good news? And so I just called him. And uh, he said, hey, on Monday, I asked Jesus into my life. And I didn't know what to say because I thought that he'd already been walking with Christ. By the way, I think that's a lot of people. And um, he said, no, you know what? I, I actually wrote down what he said because I thought it was so, so good. I asked if I could share this. He said, no, I knew what his word was, but I just didn't trust God. Just didn't hand it over to him. And he said, in his room, it wasn't like a worship service. It wasn't a song. wasn't anything I said, obviously. <laughs> it was God. God doesn't need me. God just wants to know you. And just in his bedroom on a Monday night, after years and years of hearing sermons and going to worship services and Bible studies and seeing like his family and friends, uh, like it was on a random Monday night that he said, I'm signing the papers. I'm in, God. And he said he felt the Holy Spirit come into his life from head to toe. That was his quote. And for those of you that made that step, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know that moment. You know that, like, even physically you can feel it. Not getting all charismatic on us or anything, but God's doing something that's life-changing. It's one of those moments that you, you know those moments. Like, there's moments in life where as it's happening, you're like, my life is changing. I'll never forget this. That's what Monday night was for him. And I asked him if I could share it. Because I think there's a lot of people here that they're right there. They know the steps they need to take. They just haven't taken them. Who in your life needs to be adopted? Pray for them. Before we launched a few weeks ago, a lot of you guys came in. We invited you to take Sharpies and to write down names on the floor of friends and neighbors, family members that are spiritually disconnected. And just pray that God would use this church family to help them to find Jesus, to help them find their spiritual father. A lot of you guys wrote down names. I wrote down four names. They're written right there. Don't lift up that. That's my square, John. That's mine. All right. Man, I pray for those guys. 
And some of them, I think, I think, do think they know Jesus because they think it's about works. And some of them, like, the last thing on their mind is going to church. But I pray for them often. Some of you are in this room, and you know Jesus because someone prayed for you, prayed for your adoption. Some of you are in this room because when we renovated Avon a few years ago, your name was written on the floor before we put carpet down, and they prayed for you. And you found Jesus there, and now you're writing down names here. And my prayer, if your name is written down under this carpet, it's not because someone judged you and said you weren't good enough. It's because someone loves you so much that they take the time to pray for you, which is one of the most significant things you can do, is if you love somebody, pray for them. If you hate somebody, pray for them, because it's hard to keep hating somebody if you keep praying for them. Who in your life needs to be adopted into God's family? What do you need to do to be a better ambassador for Christ? Next week, we're doing our first, our first First Steps lunch here in West Bridgewater, which we're really excited about. And this is kind of, it's kind of like the equivalent of what other churches might call like a becoming a member class, but you don't have to become a member to come. Um, it's, if, if you've never been to one of these, we ask for you to come. So some of you did it backwards, and you like joined a life group, and, and, but you never actually got to hear like, here's the vision, and here's what we're trying to do. So even then, please come. Uh, it's lunch. It's free, which food is nice and needed for survival, so you got to eat. Um, but it's after this service next week um, in this room, and uh, what it is is it's Pastor Sean, um, our lead pastor, and myself sharing the vision for Grace Church, sharing why we do what we do, sharing the strategy behind what we do. There's some very intentional things we do for a reason. We want you to know why we do them the way that we do. There's certain things that Grace Church does that might be a little different from a church you may have gone to and you've asked questions. We answer all those questions there. If you want to join a life group, um, that, that'd be your next step is coming to our first steps uh, lunch where we just get to share what is a life group? Why is it so important to us? Because it's hard to live out your faith if you're just showing up on, on a weekend for 90 minutes. But man, I love my Monday nights with my life group. Even though weekends are like tiring and Mondays come, like every time seven o'clock comes and our life group, is, we have people come in. Half the time our kids are still running around in their diapers and our life group's like, that's cool. We're for it. We're pro diaper here in our life group. So I love my life group, man. It's awesome. It's packed. We have such good conversation. I take notes in my life group because like I want to hear what God's teaching them because it, then, then I learn from it too. So if you never joined a life group, come next week. If you've never been baptized, we're having our first baptism service right after Easter. Man, I want the whole service. Like, I hope I, I, I can't even preach that day because just, we just keep dunking people. We're just dunking people all over the place. That's what I hope. So next Sunday, if you've never done that, write on your communication card uh, that you want to do the First Steps launch. You can sign up on our app or just come and talk to me about it. That might be a good next step for you. Some of you want to join a service team, um, come to this first because that's when we get to share a little bit about what we're doing. Man, imagine Imagine if God rescued you out of your life as an orphan so that you could help be a part of this adoption agency. I want to hear more testimonies like my friend Mike. Because his life has changed, and not just his life, but every life that's impacted as a result of what God did on Monday night. The reciprocal effect of that. I want to see God do that in your life and in your family's life. God has a seat for you. Embrace your father. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you 
that this whole faith thing is not built on me, God, because I would fail time and time again, God. I thank you that this is all by your grace. God, I thank you that you loved me even when I didn't deserve it. I thank you that your grace is unfair in my life, that you love me even when I doubt you and even when I run from you. You still love me, God. And Lord, I just want to pray for my friends here that have never said yes to you, that know who you are but have never fully trusted you and put their faith in you. I pray that right now this is their adoption moment, that they go from being a spiritual orphan to being adopted into the most beautiful family, a family that's there for one another, that carries each other's burdens, a family that will spend eternity together, God. Lord, if there is anybody in this room that's ready for that step. Speak to them right now. All they have to say is, I'm a broken sinner. I've fallen short. But you, Jesus, died for me. And that sacrifice cleanses the punishment for my sin. So I ask you to come into my life. I want to begin a relationship with you. I invite you into my life. God, if anybody prays that prayer, I believe that their eternity has changed, that they are no longer an orphan. It's a journey now. doesn't mean everything gets made right. My friend Mike, he's still walking through stuff, but God, we walk through it together now because he's, he's a part of our family. We've adopted him in, God. Lord, help this, these next few weeks, to challenge our hearts. I, I believe that you're going to challenge people in this room to do really bold things through this adopted series, God. Some of them are bold steps towards you. Some of them are bold steps with their family of looking around and saying, you know what, we have the capacity to take in a few more. God, I pray that they're not afraid of that. I pray that they embrace the fact that you've given them abundance so they can share it with a kid in need. Let us be open to what you want to do, God. Thank you for this series. I can't wait to, for you to speak to us through it. We pray in your name. Amen.